0: You're listening to Heating Up the
1: UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by At The Miami Heat UK Social Media Network. Enjoy the show.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Heating Up the UK a Miami Heat UK based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. Before we come into today's episode, just want to thank everybody of the new listeners, new followers, thank you very much for finding us. First of all, we've been doing this for two years. Where have you been? Um, <laughs> just to say that I, I really appreciate you joining. We can be found across the podcast spectrum. That's on Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Also check out please our website, miamiheatuk.com. Uh, we've got articles on there, blogs, videos, all sorts, fun and games, etc. And it's going to be a real focus for next season. So please go and have a look at that. And finally please check out our new venture which is our live streaming show on our YouTube channel, Miami Heats UK TV. We're not trying to take on the big boys. We're no five reasons for no Miami Heat beat, but we are at a good time because over here it's 8.30 in the night so we can preview every single live game and for the people that are listening stateside well, it's your first sort of appetite into the game day. Uh, As I said, about 3.30 wherever you are, uh, 3.30 Eastern. Uh, So it's a sort of first taster for you. So please go and check that out and do us a good one while you're there and hit that subscribe button it will mean a lot on to today's episode and i'm here today with the first lady of the five reasons sports network an all-round british accent lover is alana tahawa alana how are you i'm
1: doing amazing thank you so much for having me on
0: <laughs> not at all not so see i understand you are uh, an admirer of this accent or the british accent and i, apologize. I am
1: i cannot help myself it's it's too good <laughs> i could honestly listen to you speak all day so i'm extra happy to be here
0: Well, I apologise because I'm from Essex and Essex is probably one of the top three, I would say worst accents in the country. So I'm sorry that you've had to put up with me. Next time we'll try and find, we'll have to go headhunting in like Chelsea, (laughs) West London area where it's a lot more posher and a lot more, so a lot more very British. Anything
1: I can get, I'll take. Um, I've actually, I've only been over there once and unfortunately I was very sick for most of my stay. So I wasn't able to enjoy it properly. Um, I had like a 103 fever and the weather was making it worse, but I look forward to getting out there again whenever that's the case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Alana, you you join us at a good time because we've had lots of debates on this show, especially going forward. Of is this team actually any good? Where are we going to seed? Are we one step forward, one step back? We have some good wins, we have some bad losses, but we have uh, we have as we recalled, we are on the uh, we're in the middle of this Boston split. We play again tonight, which is a huge game, which could secure that sixth seed. But first of all, let's touch on the last time out. Um, a six-point win in the end which was a lot closer than maybe what a lot of us wanted it to be but the fundamental side of this is the win was built on the foundation of a 79 point first half which was incredible your main sort of takeaway if anything here from that from that big win against Boston
1: yeah um, I've been harping on this for All season, but especially the last few weeks. Um, And I I think it's interestingly enough, not something that I hear a lot of people talk about. To me, the reason that we're successful when we are successful is because we play team ball. Um, I know a lot of people, especially this season, you know, kind of harp on the fact that this team is only as good as, you know, Jimmy and Bam are in the moment, but I actually disagree with that. Um, I definitely see them as our one and two, and I think that they do need to lead the team and they need to be you know, as aggressive on both ends of the floor as possible. But for me, and especially looking at, you know, kind of the offensive spread out um, in terms of this last game, everyone was contributing in one way or another. And I think that's why we ended up, you know, pulling it off. Was I scared for a little bit there? Yeah. To be honest, I, I thought we weren't going to be able to come back. Um, and even though, you know, I always say a win is a win. It was not great to see us completely collapse and I don't know if we just got ahead of ourselves because we were up by so much or I don't know you know if we ran out of steam but that can't happen again. I think it's a great learning lesson though um, and I'm not expecting to see that happen again tonight.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because um, a, a big win is both comforting and incredibly scary all at the same time. And especially against Boston, because we saw them do it just the other day against um, whoever it was where they was up by or down by 30 something and then came back to mm-hmm. win the game. So that may have be been in the back of some of the players' minds. But Boston do have that habit of always coming back and making a run, especially at home. Um, I felt OK with it. I thought that it was always going to come back at some point. I didn't like our How close it did get but I felt like there was always this um, sort of reaction wherever it got down to around that 10 11 12 point mark um, Bam and Jimmy especially they would suddenly take control Bam was clutch in that mid-range he was hitting those shots and Jimmy sort of took over a little bit because those uh, that first half I I think it was the first half I think Jimmy only had one field goal at that point Mm -hmm. it was everybody else doing the work and that sort of brings me on to my next question here Alana is do you feel like we we know what Jimmy can do? We know that he can control the game, dictate the tempo, uh, score when he wants to. But is more sort of this: I'll, I'll I'll make sure everybody else is having a good game. I'll assist. I'll, I'll I, you know that that's what the Jimmy Butler is. But he, he doesn't really care about his own box score as long as the win comes. But do you feel like he needs to have these games where he does take over on a scoring front? Now, don't get me wrong. He had a twenty-six point game, 11, re- uh, 11 assists, eight rebounds. So that's a good solid game. But do we feel like going into the playoffs now, we're going to need Jimmy to start hitting that 30-point 30, 30 mark to get us over the line? Because we can't just keep relying on the rest of the field to do it as well as they did against Boston.
1: Yeah, I think that personally, I would rather him kind of make that decision depending on how the game is going. Um, I am someone who is more reactionary than kind of forward-thinking or needing necessarily you know, the same... Um, attack or plan of attack every game. Um, and I think he's really good at that. I think he steps up when he needs to step up. Um, I think to your point, he does look to make the guys around him as best as possible, first and foremost, before he kind of takes over. Um, I think he'll be looking to do that a lot more in the playoffs. I think one of the reasons um, that Jimmy is such a great fit for this team is at the end of the day, regardless of kind of what era we're in, it does really seem like the Miami Heat are more so a playoff team than a regular season team. Yeah. For better or worse, and I've debated this with a ton of people, me and Michael were talking about this on our latest uh, episode of our pod too. To me, I'm not someone who wants to throw away the regular season and it doesn't matter what happens there and only you know how successful you are in the playoffs is what counts, but I do think that this team for better or worse, kind of takes things up a notch. And I think we will see Jimmy do that. But at the same time, I do think that he's kind of the type to fall back and preserve that unless it really needs to be go time for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, in a playoff series, that's what needs to be done because he doesn't want to put all his energy out there and kind of gas himself out, um, especially in, if it does go to six, seven games.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. And uh, sort of looking at the bigger picture now, uh, the Heat have been very good at times, very bad at times, as we said. We've had some shocking losses, some unforgivable losses. Um, But when we're healthy, we do look the real deal. And I think that we've always had this thing where we've said all the way through this season, we knew it was going to be disruptive. but we've always had this thing where we said, well, when we get healthy, we will be a force. And looking at it at the moment, this is at, we've won six of the last seven. This is the the closest replication to our, that I've seen to what we were in the bubble. Um, so the the players are getting uh, are getting healthy again. The m- momentum is with us, and at this stage of the season, we've still got a few big games to go. The job's not done yet. But looking at the bigger picture now, the, 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 as I said, the momentum is there. This can only be a good thing now going into the playoffs, can't it? Because at full strength, and I know we're still waiting for Vic, and we'll come on to him in a minute, but we can beat anybody, can't we, yeah, at full strength?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think this is actually who the Miami Heat really are, and it's been so unfortunate that the season has had so much thrown our way. Um, you know, between Jimmy having COVID and Tyler's injury, which I will kind of die on this hill, I think was worse than, you know, the organization yep. was letting on. Um, but... I don't think that we're going to struggle in the same way that we have been obviously bearing, God forbid, any more injuries or sickness. Um, But I, you know, I think that moving forward, we're in a much better place, not to say that there won't be a game here and there Mm. that we won't look great in or that we won't almost collapse like we did on Sunday against the Celtics. But I do think that this is the version of our team that we were expecting all along.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like it's like we found that identity that we have been searching for our season. I think that's the right way to put it. And uh, back on the back of that, really, the fundamental reason for that, I believe, is uh, is Tyler Hero and Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic, first of all, who had been looking, you know, he, he, he was looking old. He was looking like the the injury hadn't really got past it. He looked like he'd lost a step, and suddenly now. Not only has he picked up a step, but it's like a it's like a Yarnish sized Euro step. He's suddenly picked up. He looks like he's got that burst back. He's got that energy back. He's driving to the basket. Suddenly he looks fast. He looks young and athletic again. And that's a real plus because you know when Jimmy's sitting or when Kendrick, who's been good on the base on the you know on the long run, he's been very competent. But nothing sort of signals an offensive threat to this team as when Goran Dragic is in full flow. So his comeback at this time. Could be huge couldn't
1: it yeah i think that goran is the backbone of this team um in more ways than obviously just his scoring i think his ability um his playmaking ability is huge for the team i think he has really great chemistry with a lot of the guys um i know a lot of people you know talk about jimmy and bam but goran and bam's connection is something that i think has yeah. gone overlooked a lot Um, and he has looked a lot, you know, more energetic. He looks younger out there. Um, he looks much faster. Um, you know, unfortunately back problems are one of those touch and go things. And, um, I think that he finally kind of got over that hump that he needed to get over and is now in full force. Uh, and I think that's going to be a huge difference maker, not again, just for the scoring. Although, you know, he had, I think 19. A game or two ago, um, which definitely helps. But I think just having him out there, he has that vet present, uh, you know, presence on the court. But also, just as a mentor to the other guys going into the playoffs, I think is a really big deal.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's it is a plus because when you see him suddenly looking like he's got his spring and his step back, uh, it it it's a big plus because you think that. He's had a lot of time off this, this season. He's had a lot of injury problems. He's had a lot of rest. So if we can get suddenly a, a full-fledged, rested, you know, energetic Goran back, as I said, this it could be huge. It could be it could be season changing. So let's hope that I'm not overstating it too much and I'm not hyping it out too much. But let's hope that uh, Goran can continue on this path because we've not many games left to go as we get into a, se- uh, a, a first round series. Uh, Goran's input could be. The difference that's that's the yeah line. and
1: you know I think um this narrative has been kind of played out at this point but I was in agreement that I think if Goran would have been healthy and present at the end of the bubble run I think we could have beat the Lakers and listen Sorry. we're not the same team and the you know our our kind of forward moving run now is not the same that it was the bubble was a completely different story but still I do think that Goran will be a much bigger difference maker than people are letting on yeah,
0: definitely. Let's hope he keeps it up because um, yeah, the dragon in full flow is is, a, is still has a lot to offer this team. One hundred percent. The one player I want to focus on a bit here, and uh, this is sort of taken off of um, something that I listened to you say on the on the, uh, the clutch corner a week about a week ago, maybe not maybe not quite that long, uh, with about Tyler Hero um, and the expectations that people have on him. And I thought you summed it up really well. And I'll let you maybe, for people that didn't catch the show, try and sort of repeat what you did say, because I thought it was spot on, is that none of this is his fault. These expectations that both the fan base and the organization, have put on him is not his fault. And I, I'm guilty of it because, you know, I said that before this season started, despite the fact that he had an incredible bubble run and despite the fact that he had no layoff, I said that I, we, we had this inclination that he was going to be a starter, which obviously he did start the season as a starter. Um, But I said he was going to be the Heat's top scorer this year, which seems laughable now. But that's part of what we feel like this tra- trajectory of um, Tyler Hera was going to be. And it hasn't worked out like that. He has regressed and he hasn't looked the same Tyler that we hoped he would be albeit the last couple of games by the way he looked awesome again um but I think you had this spot on He said look this isn't his fault and we need to um just put the brakes on a little bit that's you know that's well summarized isn't it
1: yeah no I appreciate that um I have been very vocal against Heat Twitter this season um and to be honest I'm surprised that anyone still follows me on Twitter after all the shade that I've thrown um but listen, I think that, you know, it's easy to to expect a lot of a guy when he performed the way he did in the bubble. Um, and on top of that, you know, it's no secret, the organization has been marketing him in a certain way um, since they drafted him, which I think is great. I think it's a good way to boost someone's confidence. I think that, um, you know, his ceiling is high, and I don't think that that was done, you know, in any sort of um, – exuberant way or past any kind of expectations. But at the end of the day, he is a young player. He only got to experience basically the bubble run, which again, the heat were fortunate that that environment worked for them, but you can't take such a small sample size and kind of build the narrative based on what happened there um so I think between you know the kind of marketability of Tyler Hero that the Heat has capital have capitalized on and expectations from fans I think you know what people want from him this season is unrealistic I think between the fact again he is young he's only had the bubble to kind of um, compared to and the injury that again, yeah. I don't think we all understood how serious it was. 100%. He is not doing as poorly as I think people are making him seem, uh, like he's doing. And I think that, you know, talking about the fact that it's his endorsements with, you know, his own cereal or Chipotle or his relationship is getting in the way, all of that to me, um, just really. It, it irks me because I think, you know, at the end of the day, he is trying his best. He's never a guy who isn't putting in the work. Um, and, you know, I said this again, and in, in our latest pod, I don't have anyone to blame for this season because I don't think that anyone has given up. I don't think anyone has not put in, in the work. I think mentally everyone has been there. It's just been happenstance. And it's also just been the fact that in comparison to the bubble we don't look the same um so I really hope that people kind of start um having realistic expectations for Tyler I think he has looked great um will that mean that he's going to have a great game every time moving forward no and no player is going to have that but I think that you know the real Tyler Hero you know um if the injury is actually dealt with can come out very soon
0: yeah I think that's that's really really well summarized I think the uh the, the, the foot injury has obviously been a, a, a concern for him. And it's, it's something that I think you're, you're right, that we, I don't think anybody understood that it was as bad as maybe what it has been. And it's kept him out for several games. And even when he's in, he's obviously managing that. Now, having said that, the last couple of games, he's looked awesome again. He's looked as mm-hmm. a sniper, he's looked clutch. So we're going to go and get all ahead of ourselves again. But we have to be prepared to accept that this season, every player has had his ups and downs, apart from probably Jimmy Butler. Um, every single player has had these slumps. And Tyler, I think that... the that, 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 the expectations um, have been unfair, and I think that it got heightened in the fact with the James Harden trade scenarios. Mm-hmm. The fact that a lot of people just assumed it was we didn't want to give up Tyler Harrow. They, they they seem to forget about all the other pieces and all the picks and draft capital that uh, Houston wanted as well. But people just seem to label that all on. Well, there you go, Heat, Heat fans overrating um, Tyler Harrow again. So I think it has been an unfair. Um, uh, 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 expectation of him and i love to see him have a strong finish to the season get some rest get an off season behind him and hopefully ready to go again because he's 20 years old he's 20 years old
1: and the thing is you know um, I don't really think I've touched upon this anywhere else yet but I I'm a firm believer that people's personalities play into this for better or worse 100%. he is kind of a flashy guy and he's not arrogant by any means and I actually don't even think he's um, very you know loudly spoken by any means, but between his style and kind of the endorsements that he's taking on and just the fact that I do find him pretty unique, especially in that league. I think that's actually hurt him in terms of kind of the marketability, because again, you know, certain players get latched onto for certain reasons, his personality being part of it. And I think because he has been so front and center, um, even, you know, the Tyler snarl is something that no one will ever forget. I loved it. It was my phone background for a while. Um, It will go down in history as one of my favorite heat moments. But something like that happens. And then people are like, oh, well, look, he's so cocky. He's so full of himself. He thinks he's the greatest. And it's not that. That's just the guy who he is. But people read that a certain way. And so they're like, well, if you're acting this way, you better back it up. So I think that is part of it, too. Obviously, we're all human. We're all going to make judgments. But for some reason this year, heat Twitter has really gotten ahead of themselves, I feel like, with Tyler.
0: Yeah, definitely, and as you say, not just heat, heat Twitter, it's it, those things that you just brought up there the fact that his lifestyle, his girlfriend, um, you know, his, his endorsements, and that snarl done even though we loved it, it done him no favors in terms of how the rest of the fan base, um, sort of looks at him because it's almost like this. I think that I think before the season started, ESPN or one of these, uh, you know, rankings. Uh, top 100s had him at something like 48 or mm-hmm. something like that, which have, might have even been 38. I think they, um, that it's all of these things that again, things that aren't really his fault, but it's all part of the reason why, with that regression, he's been targeted. And I don't think that's fair. So I was, I was keen to get your thoughts on that because I thought when I was listening to you, uh, sort of you know, bring this out I thought that it was very well summarised so um, that that's great now one other thing that uh, player that we need to talk about before we move on to matchups and playoff seasons and so on Duncan Robinson is. it's been a strange one because shooting wise I think it was always going to regress I don't think he was going to get that free ride that he did in what was pretty much his rookie season I know it wasn't his rookie season but it pretty much was um, mm-hmm. he was on no scouting reports so he wasn't going to get that again so I think that was always going to come down uh, which it has um, but having said that His defensive side, his cutting, his basketball IQ, the fact that he's saying that he can see the game more, the game's slowing down for him. As a player, he has improved exceptionally to what he was last season, despite the shooting, which we know what he's for, has obviously regressed as we thought he would do. He's a guy that has played every single game. He doesn't stop running around that perimeter. Is there an argument to say that despite the shooting going down, which is his main asset, He could be our most improved player this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I will be the first to call myself out. I was ready to get rid of him at the trades. I was that person saying I would rather keep Tyler and it was nothing against Duncan. And um, I, you know, would have loved to keep him around. But my argument at that point was that he was one dimensional And, you know, when the shots weren't falling, he was kind of a liability out there because defensively he wasn't really pulling his weight. And, um, you know, he was kind of a one trick pony at that point. And if the three ball wasn't working, there was no reason to have him in. And on top of that, knowing, you know, we were going to have to pay him upwards of now they're saying 20 before it was 16, somewhere between, I would say like the 16 and 22 range. I was, you know, my vote was to keep Tyler with that said, I think that the trade deadline was kind of a wake-up call for him. Um, You know, not to say that he's sitting there listening to what all of us are saying, but I think it is, it changed him in a way. And I think it's visible, even if you look at his games before and after the trade deadline, he has gotten so much stronger on defense. Um, I think, you know, obviously three-point shooting is still his bread and butter, but he's going in for those layups. He's trying to move the ball more. Um, You know, to your point, everyone has... They're his number now and I think he wasn't used to that in the beginning of this season you know he kind of got a free pass before because no one had him on scouting reports no one knew what he could do the beginning of the season I think he struggled with that I think he wasn't finding his shots um but now he's found a way to kind of work around that and I do think he deserves all the props in the world
0: definitely I, I totally agree with that once again and having said that then as you just pointed out I think it was Woj that was saying that there's going to be teams sniffing around that 20 million mark with the Heat looking to, I don't think there's much of a secret here, but Carl Lowry looks like mm-hmm. that might be uh, an incoming deal in the summer. He was going to come on quite big money. We don't know what's happening with Vic yet. I'll get your mm-hmm. opinion on Vic next. Um But with that said, then there might not be enough money to go around here. So what did the Heat do here?
1: You know... At this point, if Duncan continues, I would say pay him. I don't know if I would go over 20. Um, I can't remember. We were talking about this on Clutch, and I believe I said that I would pay him about 16. Um, I know some people said 18. Adam was saying 23, which I still think is a little bit high. Mm. Um, But I think the 20 mark makes sense. And mostly I'm saying this because the fact that he was able – to kind of go through what he went through, take, you know, the criticism coming his way and kind of hear all these things about him versus Tyler. And instead of, you know, letting that make him worse, he improved drastically after that. I think there's something to be said. So if he can continue and if he can prove um, that, you know, he has nowhere kind of near reached his bag of tricks, then I would be fine with paying him 20. But, you know, to your point, it does kind of depend what else the Heat are looking to do.
0: Yeah, I think it might even come down then. If I mean anything, to any, be honest, I think that 18 million probably sounds about right. I think anything mm-hmm. north of that starts to get a little bit clench your teeth. Um, it might come down to uh, Robinson or Oladipo. Um, what do you think here on Vic? Because no one really knows. Um, I know Ethan was on with Ira on onside radio uh, earlier, mm-hmm. and they was both saying, I'll uh, give it a 20% chance maybe that we'll see him again in the heat uniform. Um, What does that suggest? Does that suggest that uh, we're saying goodbye or do we think that he's maybe looking to uh, protect himself for a bigger payday elsewhere? Does he want to be in Miami? We think he does. Therefore, does he need to take less? What's your initial thoughts? I can't hold you to it because no one knows. What's just your initial thoughts?
1: You know, I've been going back and forth. Um, I think the only consistency within my takes and opinions have been I am not as high on him as everyone else. Um, Listen, I think we we came out of that deal obviously as the winners because we gave up nothing. So I'm not trying to say that I don't think we should have done it or that I regret it with that said, um, you know, and I was part of the, we had like a half day trade deadline show and everyone was so excited. And I was still sitting there like guys, he's injury prone. He's not the guy that he used to be. And unfortunately, and I'm sorry, I was right. Look what happened. Mm. And, you know, I don't know, the extent of how much him sitting out is that he's not ready to come back or he's trying to protect his trade value. I don't know if they're just waiting for the playoffs. I really don't know what to think at this point. What I will say is if I were them, I wouldn't play him until the playoffs. If he is ready to come back, I would still sit him until the playoffs. And once the playoffs do start, I would definitely bring him off the bench. I do not think that I would trust to have him in in as a starter. And it would be very limited minutes Mm -hmm. Um, at this point, if he doesn't come back, I would say within the first round, I would just lean towards the fact that he is not going to be remaining in Miami because I just don't see at that point why you wouldn't kind of, you know, empty the clip and have him just do what he does or as much as he can.
0: Yeah. I think that, I think that's the thing is that. Look, you're completely right, is that you would go back and do the deal again because we gave up nothing for him and Victor Oladipo at full tilt is a is an all-star caliber player. So mm-hmm. we go back and do that deal a hundred times out of hundred again. Um but yeah, that injury record was a concern. It has obviously fallen victim to it. Um I just look at it now and I think, well, if it's that he can't play because he is injured, fine. If it's yeah. a pain tolerance thing, then Vic, it's up to you because do you want to be here or not? Do you want to if you don't, if you want to get your payday, then you know, then, okay, that's fine. But that's almost like saying that it's not going to be with Miami. Then if you feel like Mm -hmm. you want this future in Miami, then I feel like you've got to be playing these games because we need to see, we need to see what, you know, what you can do. So it's a real, it's a real strange one. I know the Heat have always been very secretive and we don't know what to expect, but I don't know. The more I was optimistic a couple of weeks ago that we was going to see him again, I thought we might see him the last few games of the regular season to sort of tone up ready for the playoffs Um, as I said, the more and more we hear, the more and more negative it looks like. So it might be that that's that. But we will see. We will see.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, I think to your point, it does kind of come down unless he obviously cannot play. It comes down to if he rather preserve his value for the next team or if he wants to show Miami that he's committed. Um, And, you know, obviously we don't know what happens behind the scenes. And it might be one of those things where he thought he really wanted to come here because he was very vocal about that at first. And now having entered the organization for one reason or another, whether it be chemistry with the other guys, whether it just be living in the city, whether it be just not necessarily loving the role that he would be in when he would play, maybe he changed his mind and is just preserving it that way. He is back with the team at games, which people had noticed, Mm. I think, two or three games ago, which, you know speaks to his commitment in some regard to kind of being with the team. If he really didn't care, I think he wouldn't be there, but it is a very strange one, um, which is kind of ironic to say, given that this season in general has been probably the strangest I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So look, we'll see. It is completely up in the air with what we see with it's Oladipo. I mean, I still hold on to, a hope we see him in a hit uniform again, but who knows everybody's guess is as good as the next person. We will see right on a final segment today. Um, we're going to look at the matchups here and who we think uh, we're, going to, we're going to be best off suited against now. As we recalled, we're a couple of hours away from tip off, a few hours away from tip off for tonight's huge game that could see us guarantee that sixth seed at worst. Mm-hmm. Um, let's assume, whatever happens, let's assume we get a minimum of sixth. I think the Hawks are probably now locked into four because even if they lose against Wizards, they've only really got a win. The, mm. um, the, 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 against the Rockets and the Magic, which they're going to do. Uh, we've got, They obviously owned a tiebreaker against us, so I don't see us getting past the Hawks. Do you think that fifth is achievable? And therefore, do you then think that that would be the f- most favourable matchup playing against the Hawks? Or, just uh, the second question, if we end up in sick, which I think is probably most realistic, who would you rather play, Bucks or Nets?
1: I think fifth is achievable. However, just because of the way the season is going and there is no consistency on this team, I'm going to assume we're going to stay in sixth, mm-hmm. um, which to be honest, I would be fine with, but I would rather play the Bucs than the Knicks. And I think that's kind of an unpopular opinion. There is just something about the Bucs. First of all, them in the playoffs, they become a worse version of themselves. And I know that this team is not the same team that was last year and the year prior to that, but there is just something about Giannis in the playoffs that just isn't as crisp. Isn't as sharp. Isn't as determined. Almost. I feel like it's kind of, you know, there's so much weighing on him going up until then that it's almost like when he gets there, it's not the same. I also just think we match up well against them. Um, Now, obviously holiday throws that argument out the window a little bit because I'm not really sure defensively how we are going to cover him. Um, But even so, I would rather, I think, face the Bucs. And then also from a personal perspective, I don't want to watch the Knicks that often. So if I could watch us playing the Bucs, I would rather take that.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those. I've actually, I keep thinking about it. I think that like you, I think six is probably the most realistic finish here, um, which means... It's probably, well, it's going to be. The, the Sixers are going to win the East, obviously. So mm. I think it's going to be, it's obviously out of the Bucks and the Nets. And I've gone backwards and forwards on this. Um, I just think, yes, the, the it could go one of two ways with the Bucks because clearly we match up well against them. Clearly we're in their heads. They won't forget the fact of what we did to them last season, which one might nerve them, but two mm. might motivate them. And I think they are better than last year. Despite them having a worse record, they are better than last year. So I do fear them a little bit in that sense. But I think, yeah, I think I would probably say, look, just down to the fact that the Nets have so much power and we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know whether or not Harden's going to be fit. We know that KD's had his problems. We don't know what Kyrie's ever going to do on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. But those three on the call, I think, will be unstoppable regardless of what you do. So I think and that...
1: I think, sorry, my problem with them is because we haven't seen what they actually are going to look like... Mm. It worries me because on the one hand, you know, could it be to their detriment? Maybe they've gone through so many lineups and rotations just because of guys not being there. Obviously, Harden hasn't had a full run with them either. Kyrie's been up to Kyrie's antics. KD was hurt and even kind of more role players. We don't really know what they look like. But because we don't really know what they look like, I also don't know what that's going to mean for us. Whereas I think we have a much better idea of how to match up against the Bucs. So I feel like we've had enough uncertainty in the season for me to, to choose the Nets in this situation.
0: Yeah, okay. So let's get a bold prediction for you. So from a, we just spoke about how the Heat are starting to roll, are starting to click, have found their identity and won six out of seven. And if we can finish this season strongly, but still get that sixth seed, which I think, as I said, I think that's most realistic. Can we get past the first round, despite who we play with, whether it's the Bucks or the Nets, can we get past the first round?
1: I think we can. Um, I think that we should be able to take anyone. Like I said, the Miami heat have just historically been a playoff team. Um, I think Jimmy wants to prove to everyone that we were not, you know, a fluke team in the bubble, um, that we really only had kind of health and injury concerns working against us this season. That it wasn't the roster. That it wasn't the rest of his team. That it wasn't him. Um, so I think the motivation is there. I do think the talent is there. I think it's going to be a battle, but I do think we can do it.
0: Okay, so we get through the first round, then we probably play. Well, it probably be one of the other ones. It probably it'll be even the Nets or the Bucks again, probably depending on where they seed in the second round. So let's just say we've got the ability there to get through either of them. An Eastern Conference Finals against the Sixers. How do you feel about that?
1: You know, the Sixers are such a wild card to me, um, because I feel like there's arguments to be made for both sides. On the one hand, Doc Rivers does not have a great history in the playoffs. Um, I also, you know, the 76ers don't stay healthy very often. And, you know, I hope they do. I would never, ever wish injury upon anyone, but at the end of the day, they are pretty injury prone, um, I think Embiid tends to get kind of a bigger head about himself than he should in certain situations. So there is, I, I think there are reasons that I feel the the heat could overcome them. With that said, they're in the spot they're in for a reason. So to take them lightly would be a huge mistake.
0: So I think what we're saying is Alana saying that we're going back to the finals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is that the narrative we're putting out there? My DMs are about to
0: blow up. I I think that's how I'm going to title the episode of this podcast. Alana said, (laughs) are going back to the finals, no, I completely misquote you there. No, you bring up great points. Look, the great thing about this team um, is that we've seen it. We're a match for anybody. Nobody will want to look forward to a seven-game series against the Miami Heat. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Um, We've shown that we can be very bad. We've had some awful performances, but that seems to be behind us now. That could change as we've, we've got these last few games here, Boston, Sixers, Bucks, Pistons, but I'd like to think here that we're in playoff mode right now and that will give us momentum going into this. So I'm buoyant, I'm confident. We'll see where this team can go. We'll have some guts. Alana, that was fantastic. I loved talking to you. Before you, I let you go, please tell everybody where they can find you personally and obviously your work for Five Reasons Sports.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Alana Tahower, T-A-C-H-A-U-E-R, and also on Instagram. Um, and, you know, all of our Five Reasons content is on twitter um i'm on clutch corner i hop on post game here and there actually we'll be on tonight following hopefully this win um and michael christian and i just launched our own podcast called feel the heat we live stream once a month um but we do new episodes on podcasts um on apple uh spotify and podbean and then obviously on the five reasons youtube channel as well um and a new episode actually dropped this morning so go to twitter everything will be there
0: absolutely awesome yeah five reasons continue to just pump out content over content It's fantastic go and give everybody there a follow as you know our champion everything that they do so um yeah that was great stuff next time we speak guys we will be it will be next week so the regular season will be over so we will see where we're going we'll start previewing some of these matchups we'll see where we seed. until then let's hope the heat get this win tonight we don't want any part of that playing let's get the job done right now um we'll see you next week take care
1: You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Covered. Thanks for listening.